Thank you so much for listening to yet another edition of 10,000 Pitchers presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. If you're a soccer baseball, basketball, even ultimate Frisbee club. And, and you're looking for somebody to outfit your club with uh, game gear jerseys, you know, or off the field or off the court apparel as well. Stimulus athletic does all of it. And they have you completely covered. Jason and the team at stimulus are amazing. We have worked with them in the past. I'm not just talking from somebody who, you know, has stimulus sponsor this podcast. I am talking as somebody who has been a former customer of stimulus athletic and utilized them to develop our 10 K kit last summer. And you've seen the reaction to that. You've seen how much the people love it, who have gotten it. Um, I wear mine probably once a week being completely honest. So if not more, so that's, that's kind of the quality you're working with, with Jason and the team at stimulus. So, like I said, whether it's jerseys, whether it's, you know, off the field, off the court apparel, whether it's both stimulus, has you covered. If you have a design in mind, maybe you're a designer, maybe you have a designer, maybe you really liked the design you had last year, Stimulus can reapply that to their quality apparel and jerseys. Now, if you don't have a design and you're going in kind of scratch and you're not sure what exactly you want, that works too, because Stimulus has an awesome design team and they can help you come up with the look you want, again, on that quality apparel and quality game gear and quality jerseys. So contact Stimulus Athletic. Go to stimulusathletic.com, click that design tab, click that get started button and start your amazing process with Stimulus today and make sure you let them know Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Here we go. Hello and welcome into another episode of 10,000 Pitches presented by Stimulus Athletic. StimulusAthletic.com. Check them out for all your game gear and apparel needs. Episode 42. Um, thank you for coming back to join us today for another episode. And when I say us, I mean just me. That's right. Uh, no Jeremy this week but he will be he will be editing so don't worry if i go too far off script he'll cut me off so once again thanks for joining us uh don't forget to subscribe rate and review also feel free to follow us on socials that is at 10k pitches that's instagram and twitter also while you're here don't forget to check out some of our previous episodes um including last week's episode where we sat down with Vlora FC and Black Ice Sports e-athlete Yosef Elsway. He gave us a rundown on, you know, lower league e-sports. That's electronic or, you know, video games. So anyways, um, like we said, no no Jeremy this week. So I'm, you know, riding, riding solo dolo. Um, but no worries, you know, I'm not going to dilly-dally here at the top um, of the pod. You know, it's I'm recording this on Thursday, NBA uh, trade deadline day. So, you know, I could go on and on about, um, you know, uh, trades, you know, how Kyle Lowry is likely going to get moved here at the deadline. And, you know, I could just go on and on about how Norman Powell uh, of the Raptors might get moved. Um You know, I could talk about how I'm probably going to fail my intro to world economics test that I have later because I'm doing this and not studying for that, you know, but you're, you guys aren't here to hear about that. We're here to talk about soccer. So later in the episode, we have a, uh, the first of hopefully many 
um, interviews with a college soccer player. That's right. Um, here at 10K, you know, we're all about providing information and opportunities to, you know, just expand uh, soccer knowledge at all levels, including college soccer. So this week we sat down with Lucy from McAllister Women's Soccer and um, or I sat down with her and talked to her. Um, and it's the first of the 10K college conversations where we're just or I am sitting down with um college soccer athletes here in Minnesota to just, you know, get the ins and outs of their experience. So we touch on, you know, a plethora of topics, including, you know, mental health of college athletes, what what their daily schedule is looking like, how COVID affected everything. So uh, a lot of great stuff there. Um, we even rank Scott's. That's right, Scott's. Um, we rank them. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, like we said, this is kind of the first one. Um, and, you know, maybe you're not as into college athletics, right? Maybe you're you're 43 and you're washed. You know, you're you know, your best years are behind you. You used all four years of eligibility. Um, but um, maybe, you know, someone who's thinking about, uh, you know, potentially playing college soccer, you know, who has that opportunity um, in the near future. You know, maybe they're in high school, maybe they're younger and just kind of, you know, wondering if uh, it's something they want to do. It, it's a big t- decision. It's a big commitment. So hopefully this, uh, you know, uh, conversation can help them uh, in making that decision. In the future, we're thinking this will be posted uh, to our YouTube channel, which has been relatively dormant as of late, uh, but um, we're kicking it off here on the main feed. So getting into some of the uh, headlines this week. First off, you know, right off the bat here, Duluth FC, that little press conference, um, I think they announced their first player from UW-Superior who will be joining the squad for this summer. And yeah, exciting stuff. You know, soccer's back um, at the lower league level, hopefully in, uh, you know, full fashion. So, you know, we, we talked about them recently. They have some great jerseys, but I would also like to highlight their stewards program, which is essentially, you know, a season ticket membership, but it's for the people that are out of town. So the the tickets are donated to, you know, uh, local kids. So they have the opportunity to attend games. Um, Sticking in the North Division, uh, John Melendez, third year at the helm for the the Dakota Fusion. uh, That just got announced this week. Um, So some serious continuity there for the Fusion. Uh, Let's hope it uh, pays off and uh, they can have a great year. Jumping around to a different league here, Hayward, the Hayward Wolfpack. We talked recently rebranded, just launched some merch. Um, it's looking good. So if you want to support a local club, Hayward uh, launched some merch. Speaking of merch, Bateau uh, FC. That's right. We've we've talked about him before. Bateau FC just uh, just completed tryouts for the squad, and the roster should be announced soon but uh we're fortunate enough to be partnered with them and uh be providing merch to you know help continue to fuel what they are doing in the community both on and off the field so head over to batoefcshop.com that is b-a-t-e-a-u-x-f-c shop.com to check out some of the great options available there uh, you know, some new merch just came out. 
and they're, you know, they're doing great things and, you know, the great things can uh, keep on rolling with a little extra dough in the pocket. So yeah, head over to BateauFCShop.com to uh, take a look at some of the uh, some of the merch that they have available. So uh, along with that, you know, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, soccer's back and that includes at the college level. Obviously, the ghosts have been in action, um, including today. They are taking on Purdue, uh, the Boilermakers. That's right, the Boilermakers. Um, I have no concept of what a Boilermaker is, but the ghosts are in action today. So by the time you're listening to this, they'll be they'll be done playing, but they're in action. Um, along with that, a lot of D3 actions, you know, rolling uh, uh, across kind of the Midwest, um, getting started, especially in Minnesota, um, here in Wisconsin, we've been, we've been in action. Um, so, you know, a lot of exciting stuff there. Um, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of those games I think are closed door as of right now, or very limited attendance, but I know most, uh, division three athletics are able to provide live streams of the games if you just head over to the any given athletic website you should be able to find that information if that's something you are interested in checking out lastly here uh 17 players from the w the nwsl have been named to the u.s women's team roster i don't think that's very surprising for any of us obviously there's, there's a lot of talent there um and those games are getting started soon. Next month, early next month, games will begin rolling for the NWSL. And as I was as I was poking around the website, I found a lot of those games are going to be available on Paramount Plus. Uh, that's right, Paramount Plus, Mount Paramount, baby. Um, you know, I think I've we've made our uh, our stance on Paramount Plus pretty pretty uh pretty clear but you know now that the nwsl games will be streamed on there it might be worth checking out along with that uh the nwsl um you know twitter accounts provided some great national puppy day content that's right um this past week was net was national puppy day and i don't think anyone provided better content than the nwsl um, so if you need a smile, go check out the NWSL Twitter and scroll back a little bit. You'll find some great National Puppy Day content. Before we get into this week's interview, I want to let you know that leagues are coming to Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee in Minneapolis this spring and summer. You could be the first to lift the Ninth Street Cup. Eight games over eight weeks, winner take all, no playoffs, top of the table. Takes home the hardware, so exactly the same as the Premier League or your other favorite European soccer league. And also these competitions are semi-competitive. So obviously you come to compete, right? But you don't wanna be that guy that's taking it too seriously. You can be competitive and have fun in the process. And that's what these leagues at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee are all about. Two separate leagues. So depending on your schedule, there's something to accommodate you. You can either play Wednesday nights or Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 p.m. on Wednesday days 8 to 10 a.m on saturdays whatever best fits your schedule that's the league you'll want to sign up for limit eight teams per league minimum five players per team this is five on five so if you think you got the goods you think you got the stamina to roll with just five players no subs 
be my guest, but my guess is you're going to want to have some subs. So just keep that in mind as well. Registration's only open until April 3rd. So get your team together and get signed up before that date. NinthStreetMPLS.com slash league. That's N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S.com slash league to get registered for the Ninth Street Cup. All right, now let's get into this week's interview. Today, we are joined by Lucy from McAllister Women's Soccer. Lucy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. We're really excited. So uh, just start off by telling us, uh, you know, what year you are, how long you've been playing, and kind of how you landed at McAllister. Yeah, so um, I'm a sophomore. I'll graduate in 2023. And I've been playing since I was four, which was basically like the earliest age you could um, start at the local like rec league back when the ball was like up to my knee. You know, everyone's kind of just like <laughs> chasing it around. Right, of course. Um, yeah. So I was playing um, rec soccer until I could play. I got to like the travel age. I was like 12 or 13. It was the same club um, in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it was a Richmond Strikers club. So then I was with them playing travel soccer up until I graduated high school. And um, the way I got here was actually kind of like a surprise to myself. I really like didn't see it happening. I didn't think I would be going to like a small liberal arts school um, in like Minnesota too, of all places from coming out of Richmond. Um but yeah, I knew that when I was in high school, um, I was in the IB program. So it was like a really rigorous high school schedule with academics. And I was doing soccer at the same time. And I knew that I wanted to like keep academics as um, something that was like really important to me. But uh, at the time, like early in high school, I'd been playing center forward and I was like really small. <laughs> I was like five one, five two, maybe at that time. And the older I got, the taller and like the bigger the center backs got. And I was just picking up a lot of fouls, kind of getting beat up up there. And I was like, geez, I don't think I can play at the college level, you know, if I'm if I'm doing this. But um, right. my sophomore year of high school, I was going to some ID camps. I was talking to the coach at Johns Hopkins and he made a really good case for D3 programs and before then I was thinking oh like I'm just gonna go to college at a big Virginia State school UVA Virginia Tech VCU stuff like that um and it didn't end up working with Johns Hopkins because of um like financial aid things like that but it did get me thinking about integrating soccer back into like my life after I graduate instead of kind of just like tossing in the towel, letting it go. Um, So then um, I was watching a lot of English Premier League. I'm a huge Premier League fan. And I was watching Kevin De Bruyne, who is my favorite player. He's just like a magician on the field. And I was like, hey, maybe I can do that. Like maybe I can play center mid. I'm not going to get beat up as much. I can kind of have like more fun with it, be more creative. Um, so then I switched positions in a center mid and I was having a lot like more success. I wasn't getting as beat up and stuff like that. And I could play at a much faster pace. Um, and that's when I started thinking about the D3 colleges again. And I was actually born in Minnesota. I was born here in St. Paul. My dad got his um, 
PhD at the U. So I kind of knew about McAllister, but um, I wasn't really considering it until I switched positions and that kind of opened the door to college soccer for me. So I sent out an email to the head coach, Crystal Seidel, and sent some film, basically, you know, told this whole spiel about the academics and everything. And um, we had some really great conversations. And then in December of my senior year of high school, she was able to go to a big tournament I had in North Carolina. And she came and saw me and we talked and just from then on, I was kind of set on going to McAllister. I applied early decision. And yeah, I was just really lucky and really thankful that it worked out. Yeah, um, that that's awesome. I, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of high schoolers don't often consider is like kind of the opportunities that exist within, you know, the D3 sphere of athletics, just because obviously that's not, um, you know, as in the forefront as, you know, some of your bigger schools, like the ones you mentioned in Virginia and then obviously like the U and stuff like that. Um, so uh, since, you know, landing at McAllister, um, what uh, what's your kind of daily schedule looking like uh, for, you know, both the in season um, and the off season? Right. So it's changed a lot, <laughs> obviously, with um, COVID. I feel like it changes like every couple of weeks. But um, typically before COVID, um, in the off season during the school year, we would have um, a set day for conditioning. That was once a week and that would be at 630 in the morning. And then the days that I didn't have conditioning in the morning, I would work um, at our athletic center, which is where my work study is. So I do that at six in the morning just to kind of keep that same schedule. And then we also had lifts a few times a week. And then we would condition at the end of lifts too. And then um, a couple times a week, I think mostly on the weekends, we would kind of do pickup style games um, just with the team. That was kind of like futsal. And that was really nice because um, we got like really competitive with it and we had a lot of energy, but it was also just like a nice break and a way to kind of hang out and stuff. So that was the off season. And then um, now or in season, usually we'll have practice um, every day, just about every day, maybe like six times a week if we don't have games. And then um, we'll have games usually on the weekend, but sometimes it'll be like a Wednesday game um, or a Friday game. And then we also will have lifts um, like two times a week. And usually we don't condition while we're in season because you'll you'll be getting that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Obviously, this was, you know, a super tough year in almost every aspect of, uh, you know, of life. Um, and then, you know, specifically, you know, for college athletes and athletes in general, at just about all level, um, they kind of had their uh, sport ripped away from them, you know, something that they've, you know, kind of used as, um, you know, maybe as a crutch kind of throughout life to just, you know, uh, continue to, um, you know, motivate them, keep them focused. So how did, um, you know, not having soccer, um, you know, kind of uh, affect you? And then how did, how is your team able to, uh, you know, help you get through, uh, you know, these tough times? Yeah, um, soccer and being a part of this team was definitely one of the most important, if not the most important thing for me over quarantine, starting last year when classes ended, and then um, 
we were all sent home and kind of just like the uncertainties and stuff. Um, we immediately, when we um, were sent home, our strength coach, who is amazing, got right on it and sent us lots of like COVID safe options, like body weight workouts and small space conditioning to do. And our coaches also um, built schedules for us that integrated the things from our strength coach, but also things like watching film or like personal technical work and stuff like that. And it was, it was just about my only sense of structure that I had during COVID, which was kind of huge because the sport got taken away and stuff like that. But I was still, you know, like going out to the field or like dragging my little brother out with me to try to knock a ball around or stuff like that. So that was really important. And just finding a way to still be in community with others. We would have Zoom meetings or when the NWSL was back up, we all had a team that we were like following and stuff like that. And um, also it was, it was really interesting because um, I think being a student athlete actually helped me have some of the tools to deal with like all those uncertainties that came with um, COVID and quarantining and not being able to play your sport. Um, like specifically last year, the first day of my freshman career, um, athletic career, I um, injured my ankle pretty badly and it just about took me out of competition for the entire season. So that was obviously not how I wanted to, you know, start my um, athletic career in college, but I learned so much from the leaders on and off the field, like from my teammates and also from the coaching staff um, who are some of the like smartest, most resilient women I've ever, you know, been able to be around and um, in the weight room, in the training room, all of that. I learned a lot about kind of dealing with those uncertainties and like believing in um, the future that you're working towards and kind of you know like trusting the process is, is what they say so in my recovery process I kind of learned about that because I was still um, pushing for something that I wasn't really sure about with an end date which is really similar to what I experienced in quarantine while still having to juggle all these other things you know like school and my personal life and things like that and I don't think um, I would have gotten through either of those experiences with um the positives that I was able to take out of it without the people around me from like the team and the coaching staff and just the people that I had access to. And I think that's um, a really important part of like mental health as a college athlete is having that support and also um, just the, the different structures available to you. Cause it's a really dynamic thing. You know, you're not just an athlete or you're, you're not just one thing. So I think that was really important, having all those different perspectives and stuff. Right. So so you kind of briefly touched on it there with, um, you know, be, being injured and um, and how tough that is because and, and how that kind of related to, uh, you know, having to quarantine, be away from the team and be away from the sport. So um, and obviously you are just a sophomore, so you've only had one year previously. But, um, you know, so now that you've kind of been at it for two years and, you know, some time in quarantine. um. Any like thoughts on just uh, general mental health at the college athlete and how, you know, maintaining that uh, can be so tough and kind of what, what do you do? Um, you you kind of listed some stuff, but is there anything else you do to uh, 
help maintain that, you know, mental fortitude, you know, through the ups and downs of a uh, college season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think mental health is so important, especially as a college athlete, because it really does influence your physical health, too. It's, it's just another um, part of that in the same way that you train your muscles and stuff like that. So, yeah, my recovery process, I learned a lot about that. <clears throat> but also um, at McAllister, there are a lot of resources that focus on mental health at the center um, of it all. And just through that, in my year and a half at McAllister, I learned like a lot of tools, a lot about taking breaks when necessary. It's the same idea with like an overuse injury, right? Like you can't keep going at it. You can't keep practicing. Um, It's the same thing with like your mental health, like taking breaks. And I do a lot of like different things. I got like, um, like biking or listening to music. I'm really into records and stuff like that. I get really into that and just finding different ways to, I don't know, keep myself going, but um, yeah, not take the, take the focus like out of everything that I'm doing, but still kind of checking out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's super insightful. Um, but, but you are, you guys are back now and you're, you're, you're revving up for games here. Um, mm-hmm. And and obviously it's been weird. Like, you know, we're playing in the spring. It's all just out of whack. Um, So what what are some of the weirdest parts of, you know, uh, uh, this season, you know, this semester and uh, just kind of all of it? Right. I think um, the weirdest part is the way that um, we just kind of show up at practice (laughs) and then we do our thing and then we leave. I think like you don't really think about that definitely when I was going to college um I wasn't aware of you know like all the prepping in the locker room and the things you know that you do in the training room the ice baths and the um the recovery stretches and things like that but that really does make a difference and I think that is the weirdest thing that we all come and kind of just put our cleats on and do practice and we're not able to share those same spaces as we're trying to like minimize our contacts and stuff. So that's been weird. And um, also like all across the country, a lot of college students are staying home to do their classes remotely. So we have a couple people um, on the team who are at home too. And we also have some dual sport athletes. Like we have five goalkeepers, but we only have one practicing with us because three of them are playing other sports that are in season ones at home it's kind of just things like that that changes the dynamic a little but yeah I think also a weird thing is how used to it I've gotten like I've gotten so used to just um like doing all the different protocols and all the different changes that happen as we move through phases um so I think it's going to be weirder actually when we're able to go back um to everything being normal and there's going to be that um acclimation period all over again so right i uh i'm i'm sure it's it's the same for us i'm sure it's the same for almost every team you know that that time you know spent in the locker room spent in the training room you know before and after practices that that like that's uh that is some of the most unmatched and like unfiltered bonding time within your team um and yeah it's kind of been taken away um almost at all levels It, it kind of feels like being a kid again just showing up to the field putting your cleats on and, and going. Um, yeah. 
So how about um on like on the field, you know, maybe uh, uh, like schematic wise, you know, kind of tactic wise, any any big differences this semester um, or this season uh, compared to previous ones? Yeah. So the way we practice, um, because we had to kind of move through phases um, to adhere to the COVID protocols at first, we were completely distanced without any contact and masks. So that kind of limited to us to just like passing drills and stuff like that, which is really different. It's um, it's competitive still, but it wasn't as like physically intense. And now that we've gotten back to full contact, we're still masked, but we're able to play 11 v 11. We're able to do like one-on-one defending and stuff like that. Um, that I think that buildup was really different. Whereas usually we're kind of thrown into preseason. Um, and then also, I don't, I'm not sure that this was informed by COVID, but we are switching our formation. We're practicing a new formation, um, which is, it's actually, I think, a benefit to us that we're able to practice in the spring because um, we're anticipating a conference schedule next fall and we have some competition coming up in a couple weeks. So we're able to really work out this new formation, like when we were allowed to have contact um when we weren't too we could really work on that ball movement and just the um foundations of switching a formation that would be really difficult if we just started preseason in august and tried to kind of work it out before we hit um games so i think that was actually a good advantage to us but yeah Yeah. there's a lot of different stuff yeah definitely i think um i know i know it's kind of the same for us you know we're we're working on a new system just because we we have a lot more time to do it, and, and these games are still meaningful, but um, they they feel a little less meaningful without like a, an NCA tournament on the on the other end of this. Um, so yeah, so now kind of getting into um, you know, college athlete or athletics, you know, in general, not necessarily you know, COVID or not. What is what is something that you know you did not know going into you know being a college athlete? And I guess, yeah, just something you didn't know. I guess the schedule or I guess the impact of the schedule on you mentally and physically, I didn't know. I mean, people will tell you about it. And even if I was listening to myself as like a high schooler right now, um, um, I could understand that like, yeah, you have a lot going on. You know, I have like a work study and I have classes and practicing and lifting and stuff like that but it's really different once you're actually there. And I think everyone kind of um, deals with it in a different way. But um, yeah, I think I think the, the worst part, I guess, is just that no matter like how prepped, you know, you are through like conversations or like other engagement and stuff, it's really different once you get there and once you kind of just like hit the ground running. So just kind of, kind of how in busy you are in general between you know classes, work, uh, and soccer. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you have to kind of navigate those ways to prioritize your body and your mental health and stuff like that. And that's really hard to practice if you're not like actively in that schedule. Right, and then and then like a teacher will like assign a paper like you know do in three days. It just kind of throws everything off. Um, but, uh, but, uh, what is, what's one of the best things that like you didn't necessarily know, but then, but then you got there and, and you just, uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the 
best thing would be um, just like figuring out how much I can do or like it, it's like I don't know it's like really random little things like ice bathing I hated taking ice baths before <laughs> but then it was like this whole you know it's kind of like a fun thing to do because you're you know pooped after practice you hop in the ice bath it sucks for everyone but it's it's kind of like those little things like realizing oh I can do this and like yes I have a lot of classes right now and I have a full <clears throat> excuse me I have a full schedule and like work study and stuff but I think um just having really great people around me is the best part which is also something that you know a coach when you're getting recruited coach can be like oh we have a great team and we have these great resources and stuff but it's really amazing to kind of experience it yourself I think that's right. important I, like those little interactions yeah of course of course um so then kind of uh you know you kind of touched on it briefly um but you know as a as a college athlete you know as a college student in general you you're you're managing wearing a lot of hats you know you're you're a athlete you're a student you might have a job you know you still have your your family you have your friends um you just have all of that so um what what is it like trying to you know manage all these kind of different personalities and you know hats that you have to wear you know uh throughout a day throughout a semester and throughout your four years or more yeah i think i think it's definitely really hard and sometimes it feels like you kind of have to like pick and choose um you know which one you're going to prioritize when but um i think you just have to be um i don't know for me at least like these are all just parts of myself that come really naturally to me you know i I think of myself as like a student and an athlete and you know a hard worker and a good friend and things like that so um i think yeah i don't know (laughs) it's hard but yeah no no it it, it's difficult (laughs) and, and and there's not necessarily one right answer right as far as you know what you can do to manage all these personalities and and ultimately you know try to apply yourself at 100% no matter what situation you're in it, it, it's extremely uh difficult you know for college athletes and college students in general um so we're going to we're taking a quick ad break here for uh spam fc that is right spam fc head over to shopspamfc.com to get all your uh, favorite merchandise for on and off the field. That is shopspamfc.com and use code POD, P-O-D, for 10% off your first order. Uh, so, Lucy, what is your favorite in-game moment in your short time at McAllister or maybe just in general, favorite in-game moment? Yeah, I think my favorite in-game moment was um when we were playing Gustavus it was our last game of uh my freshman season and we were kind of stuck in our um defensive end we got the ball out and I knew I had like one second to get the ball back up and I just had a really fluid turn like I think as a center mid there's nothing more satisfying than when you have like a great 180 and then that opened us up into the into our attacking half so do uh do you have like the film of that i think so i think i think it's on our highlight reel (laughs) have have you watched that film at like ever 
I think I think I watched it once when Tori sent out our um, highlight reel. <laughs> okay, that that's very modest of you. I know if I ever have an in-game <laughs> moment, like it's on repeat for a week. Um, that's very <laughs> modest of you. Um, do you have like uh, once again your short time playing at McAllister? Do you have a favorite place to play? Like a favorite field that you guys have played at? I think it's got to be our home field. I don't, I don't think other other fields really. Um, cut it I, I really love our stadium and just that feeling of coming out um when we've been prepping in the locker room and then we have our team talk before kind of go over formations and stuff like that and the other other team I think there's nothing better than being on at our home turf bag bagpipes blaring over the loudspeaker <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> of, of course of course I, I wouldn't <laughs> want it any other way um all right um have you, in your time in Minnesota, have you picked up any Minnesota, like, dialogue? Have you started saying ope or anything, or, or not quite? Yeah, actually, I just realized that I do unironically say ope. Like, if, I, so, if I'm, if i like, moving past someone, I'm like, ope. I'm like, what is, what is going on with me? I'm turning into a Minnesotan. <laughs> see, you, you didn't do that before. No, I don't think anyone has ever publicly said the word "oak" in Richmond, Virginia. But <laughs> nice, welcome, yeah. welcome to the Midwest, <laughs> like unofficial, uh, I guess, Midwest <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. I feel like Richmond is like famous for something, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. It's a, it's, it's a pretty small city. I mean, it's the capital of Virginia, but compared to others, I think. Oh, maybe. Um, maybe it's, it's, it's pretty small. I'm I'm googling it right now. <laughs> like I felt like it was in a show or something. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just made that up. It might have been. They they film lots of stuff. Um, Do they down there? Yeah, because cause they're kind of like some historic streets from like pre Civil War era stuff like that. Oh, I guess, yeah, it's got to be pretty historic, right? Right. Oh, okay. Maybe that's it. I, I don't know. I thought, like, I don't know. I thought there was, like, someone from a show that went to Richmond. Or, yeah, I don't know. It just feels oh, famous the, to me. The rapper, the rapper Lil Dicky went to U of R. <laughs> okay, that's University awesome. University of Richmond. <laughs> that's cool. That's definitely that not was... what I was thinking, but that's awesome. That was, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, being at McAllister, um... Or I should preface this. We're getting into the heavy hit the heavy hitter questions. Um, so being at McAllister, you guys have a mascot that is a, a Scott. Um, yeah. What is a Scott? So our Scott is um, he's just a Scottish person. He's got this big red beard, the kilt full-blown the bagpipe we play bagpipes at all of like the orientation the commencement um like events and graduation stuff like that I think it's just a, I don't know it's a it's, it's really interesting people get really fired up by Scott you know <laughs> it's different so so it's just it's just a Scottish guy just like yeah in general okay yeah <laughs> so how many times in your time at McAllister, have you heard bagpipes getting played? More than I ever thought I would. Like, it's not just at the event. Sometimes you'll be, like, walking to the library, and you'll be like, like, what does that sound? Like, is that a bell or, like, is that a truck or something? 
but it's someone like playing a bagpipe outside of like the art center or something. Can can you play a bagpipe or do you have any desire to learn how to play a bagpipe before you graduate? I was actually thinking about it because it, they're free bagpipe lessons at McAllister. So I don't maybe one day. I think it would be fun. <laughs> that that has gotta be the 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 only school in in America where there's bagpipe lessons, I gotta guess. <laughs> so um in honor of of McAllister's mascot, we're gonna rank a few Scots here. Um so, you know, it, it's March, you know, it's tournament time and, and rankings are the only things that matter. So I'm going to give you a list of, of prominent Scots and I'm going to need you to just rank these Scots. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to list them all, list them all off first. So number one, Michael Scott from the office. Number two, Scott Ch- tape. That's right. Scott tape. Number three, Scott Disick, uh, the guy that's married to Courtney Kardashian. And I and I don't know what he does beyond that. Number four, Travis Scott, the the rapper. And and then lastly, um, kilts and bagpipes. Well, we're going to we're going to combo those two because they are Scottish, at least in my mind. So. Um, number five, w- w- which one are you going? This is a toughie. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to put Scott Disick at number five. There's just not a whole lot going on there. I don't know. Not, not super interesting. So he's going to get that last place. Yeah. He, he's the, he is the most obvious number five out of all these spots. <laughs> um, all right, new, moving on. Number four. What is, What are you putting in number four? Number four. We got Michael Scott, Scott Ch- Tape, Travis Scott, and Kilts and Bagpipes. I think I'm going to put Kilts and Bagpipes there. Oof. I, I love it on the mascot. Personally, I don't think I could rock a kilt. Bagpipes, yeah. I love them, but, you know. Just, just got to bring him down there. Of course not. I think, I think killed, kills are weird. Kills are kind of weird. They throw me off. <laughs> but, 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 oof, bagpipes getting the number four spot. All right, <laughs> number three. We got Michael Scott. We got Scott Ch- Tape, and we got Travis Scott. Okay, number three. I think I'm gonna have to go with Travis Scott. Oof. Good music, but you know, I'm not, I'm not super into rap, but. I think I think I would bump some Travis Scott on game day. I'll just put okay. him right in the middle of the table. All right, that that's that's a fair place for Travis Scott. I think he'd be higher on my list. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite Travis Scott song off the top of your head? Um, no, not really. <laughs> okay, okay. So then number three makes sense. All right, yeah. here we go. Top two places we got Michael Scott from The Office and Scott Ch- Tape. Just the tape. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll do we're gonna do the whole brand, the whole Scotch brand. So you know oh, okay. tape tape. I think I think they do like post-it notes. Maybe like they do like off brand or like I guess it wouldn't be off brand, but like the things you use to hang uh mm-hmm. command strips. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're we're doing the whole brand though, so I don't know if that'll change your ranking. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, I think um, for number two, I'm going to give Scotch um, that two seed just because everybody needs tape. Everybody needs those everyday items. You know, you don't you don't know you need it until it's gone. I'm going to put that at number two. Okay, so Michael Scott from The Office taking the one seed. Um, But yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point about scotch tape. You know, you never know you need scotch tape until till you do not have scotch (laughs) tape. So so anyway, there is the Scott rankings um, by by a real Scott or I guess (laughs) you're a real Scott. So there we go. Scotch rankings. So, Lucy, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come and talk to us. That's Lucy from McAllister Women's Soccer. When do you guys play again? When's your next game? Um, we play April 3rd. April 3rd. Do you, do you know who yep. you're playing? We're going to play St. Olaf. St. <laughs> Olaf. Yep. Is that is that at home? Yes. All of our games are at home. We'll have three. All right. Oh, you're, you guys are only playing three games? Yeah. Okay. So, condensed uh, spring season here, guys. So, Lucy, thank you again for taking the time. Um, It was great having you. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. That interview on 10,000 Pitches was presented by our friends at PodMN. I want you to go to your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store, whatever kind of phone you have, and type in PodMN, P-O-D-M-N. Hit that download button. And when you go there, I want you to search for Minnesota Soccer. You will find that in that dropdown, you have all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts right there in one place. I'm looking right now. We have Sound of the Loons, Crafty Rogues, Equal Time Soccer, uh, We Call It Soccer, the Minnesota Soccer Podcast, 55-1, the Daves I Know, all right there. One stop shopping for all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts. And also, I got to admit, 10,000 Pitches is on there too. And it's more than just soccer. It's more than just sports. They have Vikings, Twins, Gophers, Timberwolves podcasts. They have local true crime story podcasts, local news podcasts, local entertainment podcasts from Minnesota creators, Minnesota podcasters, all in one app. And I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. The best part is that you can actually win prizes just for listening to podcasts. Go to your Apple App Store or Google Play Store, download PodMN, and go to PodMN.com to learn more. Thank you very much, Lucy, for uh, hopping on the pod. Um, If you want to hear more about McAllister Soccer, kind of what they're doing, what they got going on, we recently had Tori on, who is a coach over at McAllister. So if you're looking for some more McAllister content, uh, go back in the feed a little bit, find that one, take a listen. But uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that, the 10K College Conversation. Uh, There should be more of that coming in the future, most likely on the YouTube channel, not the main podcast feed. So stay tuned for that. Um, And if you are a college soccer player at, you know, any level, we would love to talk to you. You know, shoot us a line. We'd love to have you on. Um, yeah. So once again, thank you, Lucy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, I guess I I don't know what to do. This is normally where I, uh, will do like a bracket or something, but we don't, we don't have a bracket, but I guess we ranked Scott's in the interview. So that's kind of that. Thank you everyone else for, uh, for tuning in this week. Um, a little bit short of a pod. And also thank you. If you, you know, you've listened to the previous 41 episodes, it was your first one. Thank you so much. We recently hit 5K total downloads, um, you know, across all episodes. 
thank you thank you so much for getting us there obviously we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys um and once again you know thank you to all the people that have you know taken the time to talk to us you know teams coaches players everyone across the board um you know we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without without all the great work that you guys do so thank you so much for listening uh to this episode thank you so much for listening to previous episodes um and we will catch you next time boom Ethan, I uh, have no idea how you do this solo. This is awful. I feel so awkward. Um, anyways, the Ethan cut. I don't know if you want to edit that in at the top. The Ethan cut. That's kind of a joke to the Snyder cut. Um, I don't know how many of our audience will get that. But the, the Ethan cut.